third album, Tim Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraph Studio. My guest on this edition of Fangraph Studio making his fortnightly appearance in the program. It's his fortnightly appearance. He's former Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and also author of Big Data Baseball. It's Travis Sachik, the prolific Travis Sachik. And as he does every two weeks, Sachik joins us here from a tiny hamlet just west of the city of Cleveland. A particular note on this edition of the program, Travis Sachik's expense report. Sachik traveled to Houston to cover the uh, World Series for Fangraphs.com. And in so doing, charged various and sundry costs to Fangraphs.com. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? We perform an audit of Travis Sachik's expense report. Also covered here, the most contentious election no one's talking about. It is, of course, the mayoral election for Bay Village, Ohio. We also examine the amateur draft. Uh, that's not the amateur draft for Major League Baseball, but rather the Hardball Dynasty League, of which not only Travis Sochek, but also many of baseball's beat reporters are a part. Stirring analysis is what you have here to look forward to. Uh, before we get to said analysis, what I'd like to do both uh, because it's my pleasure and also my duty is to announce that Fangraphs memberships exist for a reasonable sum. Readers of Fangraphs.com can support the great work that appears at that site, and for a slightly less reasonable sum, those same readers can acquire an ad-free membership, which allows one to browse Fangraphs.com without the burden of banner ads, both facilitating faster loading speeds and also liberating one from the distortive effects of advertising. Fangraphs membership and ad-free membership, both available at Fangraphs.com naturally. Okay, uh, with that advertisement now concluded, let us get on to a conversation. What is it? Is Fangraphs Audio? Who does it feature? The prolific Travis Sachik. And when does it begin? Right now. In, in a typical episode of Jim Rome's radio program? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go s- 35% silence. 35%? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that how that compares to... I'm sure you could do an academic study. I'm sure you could... I'm sure you could actually perform a study without much effort in that you could probably just load whatever the audio track is into some manner of audio editor... And uh, you could calculate it pretty quickly. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get crazy. Jeff Sajic is, is starting his Thursday afternoon off correctly. Well, actually, it's a sparkling water. What do you got there? A spicy water? We call that spicy water in our house. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just refer to it as sparkling. Yeah, it's, fair enough. It's what do you got for flavor? filtered carbonated water. Uh, no flavor. Brand? Um, what brand? Do you got a store brand there? Bell, Bell. Hmm. Pure Aqua. I don't know. I, th- I think this was from Aldi. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's not Shasta. It is not. If, if oh, you recall, I love. We are proponents of Aldi, best value in in produce. Uh, did you did you um, patronize an Aldi while you were living in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania? I did. I did. And do you currently patronize an, an Aldi? We do. My wife does a, most of the grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that because you believe in strict gender roles, <laughs> like you were telling me before? <laughs> is that is that precisely why? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't know if that's really a, a conscious part of it. I think she's just more interested, and perhaps 
And honestly, if I go grocery shopping, I'm going to come home with a lot of junk. Uh, you're not to be trusted is what you're saying. R- right. Like I, I just – last time I went out, I bought one of those uh, <laughs> chocolate chip cookie batter, like prepackaged batter things. And What, does she just look uh, at you like, what are you doing here, buddy? I mean, it's really – and you're not, I don't even think you're supposed to eat the raw batter, but I ate some of it. So now, hey, I just, just want to be clear. Just disgusted. Yeah, I just want to be clear. Are we talking about the Aldi out here over in the corner of Bradley Road and Detroit Road, or or do you patronize the one uh, maybe that's more on um, the corner of uh, Center Ridge Road and, and West to West Two Hundred Street? The the, uh, the Detroit Detroit uh, Road Aldi. That's that's the one you like to visit. Yeah. They yeah. look like it looks like they're they're pretty much equidistant from where I'm I'm guessing your house is by. By the, the data I've been able to procure from your <laughs> from these conversations, because and I don't know, uh, uh, listeners might not know that you absolutely refuse to tell me your home address. I've tried to get it out of you in a number of different ways. Uh, I've attempted to intercept the notifications you receive from Fangraphs that your paycheck uh, has arrived. Um, I, I'm not going to say I've tried every method, but I've I've showed I've showed something more than a passing interest in it, and I still have not been able to. Maybe off air we can we can discuss yeah, this. All right, I'm, uh, all right yeah. yeah. You mean like I don't want too much. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Right, now. I don't want too much fan mail coming in, coming. Right, in. Okay, so so now you go you go over to the the, the Detroit lo- Road location, but I see that, um, for example, there's a Trader Joe's not far from there, and also there's a giant Eagle supermarket even closer. And a Heinen's, and we we go to specific grocery stores for specific okay. items. Like Aldi's generally a produce stop. Uh, Giant Eagle is a a protein visit. Heinen's also, uh, and then Trader Joe's. There's some some select items. Uh, yeah, so it's sort of we we've broken this down uh, sabermetrically, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for cost efficiency and, and quality too. I assume. So, and, and quality, you're, you're, the ratio. Right, you're looking for your. The, for, you're looking to spend the, the fewest dollars per, per quality unit, whatever that is. Yeah, right. We have an x-axis mm-hmm. and a y-axis of uh, <laughs> quality and price, and yeah, they those points fit along there uh, at, at various uh, various spots. So yeah, we 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 have three grocery stores. Four. Yeah. So Heinen's, I see too. Is that that is that more of a local situation? It is locally owned. It's. Sort of like the Wegmans of uh, of Cleveland, I think, and it's actually it's the closest grocery store I can walk there, and I occasionally do, but it's also expensive, so it's more of a convenience. Okay, I see. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Convenience thing. Yeah, that's right. Now I see that uh, I see that by the Heinen's grocery store. There's also Ross Wine and Liquor. <laughs> um, that's true. Have you ever? Do you ever thought think about what what it might be like? And I don't think it would be. I, I can't guarantee that it would be any sort of transcendent experience. In fact, I'd guess it would be pretty mundane, all things to get put together. But if you if you visited both both Ross Wine and Liquor and also Ross Dress for Less in the same day, <laughs> perhaps in back to back fashion, just if you might, if that might, uh, you know, do something. I don't know what it would do. Maybe it would open a portal or something. You know, maybe these Rosses—they have this empire. They're empire builders. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Now I don't know if this is the same Ross who is also what the uh, Secretary of Commerce for for the United States. Well, that's Wilbur Ross. Do we know if he's the same person? Uh, you might want to Google search. 
Yeah, well, we can uh, we can put that off to a later date. There's there's um I mean listen, could, could I um could I talk to you while also having um, while also browsing Google Maps at the same time for nearly ever? Yeah. Please. Please. But I don't want to do that. What I would like to do right now is to say this, is to say, um, I, um, well, it, it's, it goes without saying it. So much has happened uh, in, in the fortnight plus since we last spoke. Uh, some might say too much has happened. Um, that there's uh, <coughs> there's too much content. Excuse me. There's too much, there's, there's too yes. much, too much really um, to, to fully appreciate. But uh, let's start. With this, Travis Hodge, because I know that at some point you you did some uh, you were on the road for Fangraphs.com covering ye old World Series, isn't that right? Yes, uh, Fangraphs road trip. <laughs> so where did you go? I mean, well, you covered so you certainly covered the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland series. Right. So yeah, I covered the ADLS the, the Division Series games here, and then I covered the Houston games of the World Series. So and and Eno is out covering the. Uh, the LA portion of the World Series. So we, David Appleman and Dave Cameron also, I think, broke up the travel, uh, very efficiently and sabermetrically. So, so yeah, I was in Houston for the World Series since, uh, I don't know, did we speak before the playoffs started? I don't know. Mm, before the playoffs started? I don't know. I, I, or or I don't since know. the, well, it, it doesn't really matter. I was. We just, certainly haven't spoken since uh, since the World Series. No. Yes, we've had a bit of a falling out, but we're, we're back. And I was in mm. Houston. Yes. You, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were in Houston. You got to see. I saw at some point uh, that you were sitting near Grant Brisby, Grant uh, Doctor Grant Brisby of um, SB Nation website McCovey Chronicles, the Giants SB Nation blog. Right. Yeah. He's he's so funny. He's he's such a great writer and. Uh, uh, Better you, you, writer than a person is my, has been. Oh, uh, I think, been, yeah, I think what absolutely. What you said to me is what you said to me when we were yeah. discussing it off air. Yeah. So in the third row of the auxiliary press section, in where minute, does auxiliary it, press sit? Where are, you, where are you located in this particular case? Yeah, so the main press box is typically behind home plate, and it is behind home plate uh, in Minute Maid Park. And I don't know what the criteria is to <laughs> to be seated there, but typically mm-hmm. for a World Series, it'll be. You know, the local beat writers, national, uh, you know, the national big shots and New York papers, they get the priority seating. Now, is the sport, do you think that, uh, well, and also the, so if you're in Houston, I assume that uh, maybe Dylan Hernandez, you know Dylan Hernandez? Right, beat, yes. Is he, is he not the beat reporter for the LA Times? So do I have that correct? He is one of the reporters for out there in Los Angeles, yes. I don't okay, know. They have it. There's so many. What are you gonna, are you gonna say? Yeah. Uh, well, McCullough's the Dodgers beat writer for the LA Times. And Andy McCullough, right? Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Not right. David. So Dylan, uh, his official byline, I think, is sports columnist with the LA, LA Times. And before that, he was the Dodgers beat writer. Um, so but, he's, he's, but yeah, Dylan was there. Andy was there. Now, did so, they have? Uh, were they seated in the in the, uh, the prime? Oh yeah, the the prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah the main had, press box. Yeah, like throne-like chairs, very, mm-hmm. very comfortable. And uh, yeah, this, and I'm about 450 feet away from them mm-hmm. in the third row of the auxiliary press seating. Uh, it's myself, Graham Brisby, and a frequent guest on this podcast, Dane Perry. Dane Perry, yeah, the, uh, the abominable Dane Perry. Yeah, so... Do you, uh, do you think that the Houston Astros, um, in the way that they... Um, I'll use the verb divvied, the way they divvied up the, the sports writers, some in the main press box, others in this auxiliary. 
Press box. Do you think that what they were doing was separating the wheat from the chaff? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever characterized yourself as chaff before? <laughs> they were doing some uh, very. They they were discriminating, yeah. and they put some of us out way far away. We were deemed uh, unworthy to mm. to sit in prime press seating. Uh, so yeah, I guess they they had some criteria they followed, mm-hmm. and they probably. Laughed at the names they saw trying to gain access <laughs> to, to the paid press box or however it works. And yeah. they put us up. So I, I guess Fangraphs has some work to do. We have some work to do so, so to elevate it, our standing. What's uh, another example of a person who would, who is not specifically a writer for the Dodgers or, um, or the Astros who would have, who would have earned a place in the main press box at uh, Houston's Minute Maid Park? What's another example of a person who – now, um, oh, I think, like Tyler Kepner, for example. Yeah, Isn't Tyler, Tyler Kepner, uh, Joel Sherman, uh, you know, some of uh, – like a Tim Brown from Yahoo, uh, any of the Sports Illustrated guys. So, yeah, and, you know, they do reach a large audience and they're – Jay Jaffe? Uh, was Jay Jaffe there? I don't know. Was he there? I didn't see Jay if he was there. All right, yeah. I, well, and, and to be fair, I'm mostly making light of this because there's – a ton. A main press box doesn't seat that many. That's not, how you, that's not how you characterize this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I'm very. Yeah, by, way of text, <laughs> by way of text message, uh, when you were sitting there, yeah, yeah. You said you said, but actually, it was great because you know some of the environment is. Uh, you lose some of the stadium environment in a press box, oftentimes because the windows are closed if the weather's. Uh, below a certain temperature, mm-hmm. and it has a little bit more of a laboratory feel. I think the game is a little more feels a little more removed. But out in the auxiliary press box, you are with the people, and you are in the stadium environment. And it was very loud in Houston. I, I understand why they wanted the the uh, the roof closed because it was it was like rock concert decibel levels at times, and that is one factor. I think that uh, well, I don't know if I want to go down this. This path, but I do think home field advantage is largely tied to umpire bias uh, and other factors, perhaps. But yeah, the louder the the more hostile the hostile the home environment, mm-hmm. uh, the better it is for the home team. So I understand why they wanted the roof closed. And my point is, from out in that auxiliary press seating, I really get to experience that the the, the environment. Well, you wrote, uh, of course, you wrote about home advantage, home field advantage in in, in baseball, um, but you. You wrote about it. I thought more specifically than that. Uh, you you did address the fact that it's largely based off of umpire. I, as bias is a bias is not the precise word, perhaps, or it needs to it needs the word needs to be um, fully explicated because it is not as though umpires enter with a specific team they'd care to support. It's 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 simply as you noted. It's probably due to the the weight, the burden of the home crowd on on their working on them. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's a there's this human need to be accepted mm-hmm. by the group, uh, and I think and it, this research really began uh, with the the, the uh, scorecasting book. Uh, yeah, it's held up too. If you look at the out of zone strike, uh, if you look at the borderline pitches, basically they do favor. The home team, mm-hmm. and okay. thanks thanks to pitch tracking, we can do that. But yeah, I don't want to take, I don't want to get a sidetracked here. 
How's this? My, this my, my point is, you... is that yes, there was a very loud home crowd, and I would suspect that would have some influence on the events. On the events, yeah, and uh, and so you and so you passed some time with uh, with Grant Brisby and um, and Dame Perry, and you you watched these games. You, I mean, anything? Uh, do you re- what? What is something do you feel as though you gained from the experience? A specific uh, anecdote or idea that you extracted from the experience that you now that you are back at home, you can you've gone away and you can come back and you can tell us you can tell us your visions, uh, Travis. <laughs> what visions do you have from your journeys? Uh, yeah, well, there, there are quite What the a few, hell was I the guess. point of sending you there? Right. Is what, what I'm was saying. A, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. To, how would I justify mm-hmm. uh, spending uh, yeah. Fangraphs dollars to go there? Yeah. Do you have Do you have an idea that's worth roughly the price of a round trip ticket to Houston from Cleveland? Do you have an idea that that you could change <laughs> that you could exchange for that? Huh? Uh, I think I think my purpose of going was to write on the events through our. Fangraphy lens that mm-hmm. maybe the other national outlets would take more of a traditional approach to things, and yeah, I think we did that. And I, I was in contact with Dave Cameron throughout the process to make sure it wasn't going too too far off up the path. Uh, I did enjoy writing about Charlie Morton because I he's one of the players there who I'm quite familiar with because you might remember him from his days in Pittsburgh when he was. Uh, an uneven performer. He had his ups and downs, and it was uh, it's kind of surreal to to not only to just see him in that environment where all of a sudden he's performing in uh, the biggest stage, and he he won a game seven in the ALCS and World Series. No one's ever done that, and here's this uh, a great guy. A very uh, he is a, a curious, thoughtful man, and now he's an even better major league pitcher. And it, it was kind of cool to see him and interact with him a little bit in that environment. And I think just his story, you know, Dave. I wrote about this. Dave labeled him, the fa- I think, the face of baseball in 2017. Something along those lines, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to see a player change like he has. He went from a a pitch to contact ground ball guy in Pittsburgh, and that was the philosophy there, to a uh, basically. He's, just trying to throw as hard as he can and uh, uses increased fastball velocity and more throwing more curveballs to to become more of a a bat misser. Uh, as he as he said, he he wanted to kind of control uh, more of the the outcomes of the game. He wanted to dictate more often what was going on the field and be less dependent on on the fielders behind him and and contact. So I thought that was an interesting story and just to because I hadn't seen. Uh, I mean, I've gone in clubhouses in Cleveland and Pittsburgh this year, but I've not crossed paths with with Charlie. To, so to ask him, we've seen this evolve over the course of the season, but to ask him in person, I think was was a, was a value. So uh, the, that would be one instance of where I, I hope we we made the trip worthwhile. The, the way that you have characterized him generally, and I, I probably the, the sense that I've gotten by way of other pieces about him is that he is he. He's one of the perhaps more contemplative or introspective ball players, curious ball players in the game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Is that fair? Yeah. And accurate, I believe. Okay, all right. <laughs> it, it was interesting to me. So um, this will reveal some of my own, mm, I guess, uh, I don't know if these are biases either, uh, but it's something that I probably would like to will into existence. I get the sense that I'm more likely to identify 
with Charlie more than I am with other players, simply for the reasons that you have, um, that we've mentioned here. And um, that, well, let's see, my image of him, however incorrect, was nonetheless, it was um, it was supported by the post-game interview with him following, I guess it was following Game 7 of the um, of the championship series is that he did not appear to <laughs> to be the sort of person uh, who necessarily expected to be delivering the key post-game interview f- <laughs> for his club uh, going into the World Series. And, I, and I, I got the sense that he didn't know, he, he essentially did not know how specific or general to be. Because at some points he he attempted to employ some baseball cliches, but there was something that was not even very rehearsed about them. <laughs> and at, at other points, he got very specific. I think it might have been with Ken Rosenthal. Uh, that could be wrong, but I believe it was Ken Rosenthal. He got he got quite specific, which in a, in a way that you did not <laughs> that you did not hear as like you know people are um, leaping on top of each other in the background usually. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was funny to see him navigate that. It was not like you know I feel like for example. Um, uh, well, of course, as someone who's you know lived in New England for a number of years, you know, watching David Ortiz, he he understood the uh, the sort of cadence of these types of of conversations, the narrative arc. Uh, it did a good, you know, wanted to do a good job. I got this pitch, etc. Um, whereas Charlie Morton, I don't think he, I think he was really he was really exploring the space with with the form. <laughs> he was exploring the form uh, of the uh, the post game the post game interview in a, in a way that suggested that. Uh, um, he had not anticipated that it would occur. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Charlie was probably the most, of all the people in the room, or, or the stadium, he was most surprised to find himself in that situation. So, yeah. And, but he is also uh, not prone to cliches. He he thinks deeply about things. And, yeah, so he's also he can be a great interview, too, because of that. And the one question I asked him pregame, I'm trying to th- because before worlds, before playoff games, you typically just get the manager mm-hmm. and the next day's starting pitcher, which is different than the regular season when the clubhouse is open before every game. So uh, postseason access is actually pretty, uh, it's pretty poor for coverage purposes because there's so many people there and your access is reduced. But he did elaborate for like three minutes on one question I asked him, which is which is great. And it's it's nice to see people, even if it can be slightly... I guess awkward at times, or he's—they're not completely comfortable in the space. He will articulate things in a way that I think the FanGraphs audience appreciates, and certainly I appreciate, and I think you appreciate the way he can uh, can speak about the game. And yeah, he's made several uh, evolutions in his career. When he was with the Braves, he was a four-seam guy, and the pitch was getting crushed. Then he became a two-seam guy in, in Pittsburgh, and. He had some success, and then he had less success, and he went back to. Uh, he's one of these guys with increased velocity, and he, he rode that this year along with the curveball and the Astros. Uh, credit to them; they they saw that, and the, the Charlie Morton version 3.0 has been pretty successful. You know, it's it, if you look at the aging um, the aging curves for for pitchers, specifically with regard to velocity, um, the the historical aging curves, at least. Uh, it's you know it starts you know say with a pitcher generic pitcher who's 22, uh, the line starts at the top of the chart, and it's just essentially it's a str- straight d- downward sloping line from there. Um, I think on average, uh, maybe maybe guys don't 
maybe they don't really start losing velocity till like 25 or something, uh, but it's like a half mile per hour on average roughly after that uh, for the whole baseball population. Um, Morton's, uh, I don't know, his average fastball velocity were, were, were one to graph it. Uh, would, that would not be the, the line at all. It would be, I don't know, it, it would be somewhat flat until last year, at which point it, it took a big spike. And then, right. Uh, yeah. And then an even larger one coming into this year. I, yeah, I remember a spring training game, uh, and I think he's referenced it where he was face. He was with the Phillies, and he was facing the Yankees, and he was you know, like hitting ninety eight miles an hour. And it's like, who is this guy? Uh, and and I yeah, I just I wonder. Our, I think our aging curves and models are going to get pretty warped, and a lot of them are going to have to be thrown out because we just we're seeing this wave of the the athlete raised in the 21st century with all the advances in training and science and understanding of performance. Uh, I think careers are going to change and performance is going to change. And I don't know. I think a lot of the age curves we have, we're, we're going to have to toss out. The game is just becoming so extreme and, and part of it might be the ball, but uh, we've, I've written a lot about the, the air ball guys this year. There's the velocity, the pitch usage, there's all these things that are changing so quickly, and I think that's another thing I, I just took away from this postseason, particularly this World Series, is that uh, the, the, the baseball baseball is always evolving, but it's never changed so quickly and become so extreme, and it's not slowing down. Yeah, the um, let's see what you mentioned with regard to the the aging curves. I know that uh, I think that's I think it's Jeff Zimmerman who's done most of the work on that for, for Fangraphs. Maybe Eno's done some work on it too. But uh, he typically, when Zimmerman pre- uh, presents them, or when he has presented them in the past, he typically splits them up. Uh, uh, I don't know precisely what the the year is that, that uh, creates a division, but there's you know what is the, there's the, the steroid era, and then there's after the steroid era, essentially. Right. Yeah. I was just looking at some of his work actually, and then he did have like the the pet era, more recent, and then something predating the pet era. Right, so, yeah. which I think is a it's yeah it's a it's an honest way to approach yeah. things yeah uh so uh pressing question what hotel did you stay when you were in houston mm. well this trip came together at short mm-hmm. notice so uh well many of the media elites <laughs> were, were staying downtown at uh this one high-rise marriott property that had on the roof it had a, a lazy river that was the shape of texas i i didn't I did not stay at that hotel. Uh, I stayed at a, I believe, two residents in inns. One was out in Uptown, kind of by Uptown, and another was more between. Uh, I need to look. These Wait, up. Why, why? Why were you staying at two different ones? Did you, did you just shuttle between them or something? Well, originally, like a week out, I had booked a. A room with the anticipation that I would fly in Friday. Well, the, the, so then when I went to book a flight, those the Friday times either didn't work or they were cost prohibitive, so it made more sense to fly in a night earlier. But there was no vacancies at my orig- the, the hotel I originally booked. You made your hotel reservation before you you booked your flight. Yes, because you can always you can cancel most hotel. I mean, you have to be careful. You don't click on uh, a, a rate that you cannot change, but. 
as a veteran beat writer, I'm <laughs> I've learned how to oh. navigate the, the Marriott system. And so most hotel reservations, as long as you're not canceling a same day or two days out, you can cancel for no charge. So really, uh, well, no, I guess, I, I, but you know, the whole the whole that whole order of things is uh, is surprising to me, huh? Yeah. Well, I think I found a. Uh, I think I found. And would you say a Marriott? Yeah, there's a residence in out. A residence in. Yeah. yeah. So how did you get to it? How did you get to uh, the park? What did you take? Uh, I did a lot of Ubering. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if it saved a lot of money over the course of the trip versus a rental car, mm-hmm. but uh, the photo is a. I don't know. There's less hassle, and you don't have to worry about being responsible for a car or trying to park. So I, I think it was a more efficient way to go about things. Is that one? Uh, is that one residence in? Is that the one out on Westheimer? <laughs> <laughs> hmm? uh, let's see. Is that out there uh, near the Grand Lux Cafe? Yes, I did stay it. That was I spent there, one night. You? I spent one night there. Yeah, just outside but, the West Loop there of uh, of Houston. Yeah, uh, nice area. I mean, a, a pretty upscale area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I, I, I definitely didn't belong there. Right now, no, uh, no. <laughs> no one thought so. Uh, I'm trying to let's see. Where did, I spent most of my time though at a, uh, a different location. I'm trying to. You when you is it hard for you? Well, because you you have so much experience doing this, so maybe it's not. For me, when I'm in an unusual situation like that, it's very difficult for me to work because. I, my entire um, my entire experience of the world is changed, right? Um, I mean, first of all, like I'm looking at this area, and you know, it's possible that people technically live in this area of Houston, um, you know, like this uptown area of Houston. It's possible that people technically live there, but this is not a residential neighbor area, right? There's like Forever Twenty Ones all over the place. Oh well, there it's it is a commercial area yeah. right around the main. Thoroughfares, but there are some very impressive neighborhoods right beyond there. Really, and uh, yeah, and I I walked through some of them on what was that Friday morning? Mm-hmm. I think I I think I earned a skeptical glare too. <laughs> who, who was a strange man walking through our neighborhood? Yeah, you look presentable. Maybe they thought you were um, maybe they thought you were Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. <laughs> you think about that. That possibility that actually it, that did not occur. It didn't occur to you, okay? Yeah, uh, we actually have no. uh, we have some some folks who are members of the uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints. There's like a there's an apartment kind of around the corner from us that I think is uh, rented out by the Mormon Church, and they uh, continually stock it with young Mormons on their mission. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, oh. they uh, they help out uh, folks in the neighborhood sometimes, or uh, and then occasionally they'll talk to you uh, about. Um, about what you're, how you're, how you are pursuing salvation, pursuing salvation. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, I usually, um, uh, I attempt to deflect that, uh, that that part of the conversation and move on to something. Uh, maybe it's a bit more, uh, a bit more in the vein of chatty, a bit more chatty. So I'll ask them where they're from. Usually they're from um, a western state, typically Utah, but not always. Sometimes Oregon or Washington. I've met some folks from there. Um, and uh, you know, keep it light. I like, but I always like nice. to talk to people. Travis, yeah, you seem like a yeah very social 
well-adapted creature. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the creature comment in particular. Yeah. Oh, but the other residence in was off of uh, West Park Drive. I finally located it. It's just northwest of Rice University. I walked down to Rice and walked around the campus and the outskirts of campus one day. Mm. And I also walked up to the uh, the Montrose neighborhood. What goes on? Which, uh, what goes on in Montrose? I think it's you know one of these one of the uh, trendy hipster uh, yeah type neighborhoods. Yeah. No, so where where is uh, the one where you where, where where was Wes Anderson? You know. Where'd you see him? <laughs> Did you see Wes, Wes Anderson anywhere? I don't think so. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it, so, yeah, Montrose is nice, and and Rice's campus is nice, and it looked like there's some uh, interesting things to do around campus, but it wasn't the most pedestrian-friendly walk to get to places. And uh, I had to walk through some, by some industrial parks, mm-hmm. Uh, some places without sidewalks, just berms, mm-hmm. and you know you you see people driving by in luxury cars, and it's not. Uh, there, uh, there I am in my mm-hmm. hoodie walking on the berm of a road with carry-out food. Were you able to find? <laughs> were you able to find a vape shop, Travis? <laughs> I, I wasn't interested in a vape. You didn't store. want to go. You, uh, you didn't want to find a vape no. shop. No. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But well, yeah. just if you if you go if you go back. Hi, uh, buddy. <laughs> I just like to, t- to tell you about artisan vape. Uh, that's on that's on Westheimer. Okay. Art, okay artisan yeah, that's vapor like the, down there. Yeah. Now you were on a different yeah. part of Westheimer. This is, I think, a bit more eastward. Um, but you, you you could go ahead right. and go to just artisan vapor. They have all they've got all your vaping needs. Uh, all your vaping. It's right in the corner of Park yeah. and Westheimer over there. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped at Torchy's Tacos. Okay. It's a. It's about a block north of Westheimer. Uh, Sean Doliner, yeah, actually, uh, suggested I visit. Well, was Torchies. Sean Doliner in Houston too? No, he wasn't. But I, I guess he's he's been there. I, I don't. Yeah, this don't Sean Doliner fellow, right? He does some he does some great work in terms of visuals for the site. Uh, he's responsible for creating the tableizer for um, helping us make graphs for idiots to make graphs. You know, but <laughs> I tell you, nine times out of ten, when I contact him. I say, uh, hey, because you know, he helps with the table sometimes. And listen, Travis Sotrick is not immune from this. Sometimes a writer will embed a embed a table that I think might be could be improved aesthetically. Okay, and I will I will reach out to Sean Dolanar because he's the best at doing this. And nine times out of ten, he sa- he says, uh, not near my computer right now. You know, I say, <laughs> what kind of de- what kind of programmer slash designer are you? Not near his not near his computer. Where is yeah. he? I don't. I don't know. On the Slack channel, he always has some interesting uh, icon by mm-hmm. status. Like it seems like he's always having a good time. Yeah, I think that's uh, true. Yeah, I think um, I mean, to, to, to the degree that you can discern that from one's use of emojis, I think yeah, that's true. Is that an emo- Is that are all those emojis, or is an emoji just a a uh, facial feature? Oh, I cannot say that. I, I can tell you this though. He's got a champagne bottle right now. Yeah, the champagne bottle emoji is often uh, right to the to the right of his and, name. And he, he's, Some, sometimes it's a hamburger, sometimes it's a beer mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, right, that's true. Yeah, it seems like he is having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I never have any emojis like that. What sort of emoji would you get? Yeah. If there's an emoji for 
something for despair. Yeah, so something, just, yeah. <laughs> just a little, a little guy frowning, um, or uh, you know, maybe maybe listening to Morrissey. Is there is there a, is there is there a, an emoji for that? Someone who's deep into uh, yeah, Depeche I, Mode, maybe. I'm sure someone in the audience can help us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, listen, we've we've already we've already crossed the half hour mark, um, and th- that is an a relatively arbitrary mark that I set for myself. Um, and I say up to that point, um, it, you know, it's got to be business. That's what I say, uh, Travis. Up, up to, to that, that point. point. And then I say, and then I say oh, after okay. that, we can, we can get to the matter. We can get to, to, to matters that are um, most relevant to my experience of the world, but which I also understand do not appeal to everyone, right? See, listen, Travis, you're you're a person. Uh, your Your thoughts are are widely hailed, right? Um, you're, you're regard, yeah, 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 yeah. Really? You're regarded <laughs> as, a, as a, as someone who, um, thinks deeply about the game and is able to write eloquently about those thoughts. Um, and so I feel, I feel I owe it as the host of this program to really let that shine, right? But I, I said that at a half hour, oh. and that is when I allow, I allow <laughs> the, the, a worse version of myself, um, than to, uh, than to take over, right? And, um, in this particular uh, case, well, uh, what, what I'd like to ask you about first, um, and I don't, I don't mean to drop a to drop a bombshell in the middle of this program. Oh, Travis Sachek. But um, are we about to get whimsical? Well, no, no we're going to get whimsical <laughs> in a moment. But first, I want to ask you. I mean, I don't want to get into, I don't want to get into contentious territory, into divisive territory. But I think that I would not necessarily be doing. Um, my duty. I would not be filling my obligation uh, as a uh, as a middling journalist uh, if I did not ask you about the biggest election that no one's talking about, <laughs> and that is the explosive mayoral election in Bay Village, Ohio. Something that uh, about which you and I have corresponded w- with some frequency. Right. Yeah. It was uh, yesterday. Was a big day, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's it threatened to divide the community. Uh, yeah. Did you, yeah, there's, I, I assume that there, I mean, there were people, what, uh, uh, clawing at their garments and this sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I really just started researching the candidates about four hours before I voted. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I think you had seen, if I'm not mistaken, you had seen a, a Paul Kumar sign at some point in your, because you're, you, as you noted, you're, you're a walker, you will, you're a flanner. Yes. You're, flan- you're the flanner of Bay Village. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so you uh, so you had seen a Paul Kumar sign, um, and, I, and I, Kumar against whom did he run? Uh, against a Miss Karen Liske? Liske? How do you spell it? Not, I'm actually L I E S K E. Liske. So I guess part of your research did not reveal the the correct pronunciation. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, there there weren't a lot of ads. There was not a lot of television uh, airtime okay. devoted towards this race. More of a gra- more of a gra- But yes, that that yes. Uh, so yeah, that was the incumbent's opponent. Mm-hmm. Miss Karen is <laughs> we'll call her. Now, would you say that Paul Kumar's? Um, that his tenure as as mayor of Bay Village has been <laughs> has been uh, defined by scandal and upheaval. Uh, 
you know, I think that's, uh, well, in, in my research that took place mm-hmm. four hours before the election, uh, apparently this is, he was in office just for one year. Oh, okay. And he's, uh, I guess his background is he's a CPA, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is good for, for a small community. That's, you're dealing with budgets and small projects. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, according to, uh, the Karen for Mayor dot com Facebook <laughs> posted. Mm-hmm. He, there have been a few scandals, including he. Well, I don't. He apparently asked for a thirteen percent raise in his first year in office, uh, and uh, I don't know that that rubbed me the wrong way. So if now did, did, was it granted? Only been was, it, office, was it honored by the local community? I, I believe so. Yeah, like the council votes on this, yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's a. Vibrant free press in Bay Village. There, maybe there's a weekly newspaper. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this was approved and, you know, no one really noticed. And hey, a 13% raise is a, is a nice deal. Uh, would you just, would you characterize him as a, as one of these Cleveland fat cats? <laughs> he's come in from the big city and he's just trying to take advantage of, of, uh, Bay Village. Or, you know, citizens, I'm not saying they're too simple, but, the, be they're, they're too trusting, perhaps. They have too much faith yeah, in humanity. They're, they're not pre- prepared for someone like Paul Kumar, who's just there to um, to exploit them, you know, for 13% raises. Right. Uh, I don't know. I saw him at the homecoming parade. He was riding around in an open convertible. Seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, <now> listen. <laughs> hey, um, I, I was led to believe... Um, um, that uh, at one point, Karen Liskey, mayoral candidate, at one point she uh, requested that um, play in Bay, which I guess is it a playground or something like that. Play in Bay. Yeah, this is one of her five, like, uh, this is part of her platform, one of her five big points. This, is this her, was like right, number, right, right, right. This, is one, this is like number five. Yeah. Yeah. I understood that when she requested that uh, play in Bay uh, be inspected after the renovations to that, um, facility were complete. Kumar, Paul Kumar yes. said there was no need because the project is just replacing rotten pieces of wood and handrails to prevent any splinters. And yet, right? Uh, and yet, a Bay family uh, who went over to play there, they discovered a rusty saw and dangerous debris. <laughs> and, it, and you know, and, and I'm thinking. All right. The thing that I'm nervous about is if Paul Kumar is used. Now, did he win a second term? He, he did. Now I'm worried there's going to be rusty saws and debris everywhere now. Yeah, in I Bay mean, Village. what I'm thinking is my two year old, two and a half year old plays at that very playground. Play in Bay. And yeah, and I don't even know if he can go outside anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? He, you know what? You should watch out for anytime you escort him over there. <laughs> Do you have any idea? What you should... Yeah, I mean, rusty. We're going to bring like a metal detector with us, I think, just to have some alarm before we encounter any rusty saws or and the dangerous debris. I think we need a little more detail on what that entailed. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is this is not a uh, this is a tough community, as you can see, and there are real problems here. Do you think that there are um, going to be? <laughs> do you think there are going to be repercussions to this election? Do you think there's going to be uh, – maybe there, um, some of the citizens will chafe a little bit at the results? Um, n- not necessarily not, – not necessarily the results, but the – what was probably a, you know, a contentious 
lead up to the election? I see. I see a community divided, mm-hmm. and you can't trust. You don't even know if you can trust your neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's going to be a, oh, or, or are you Kumar? Or are you Liski? It's going to be that, right? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I don't even want to put a yard sign out front to support a candidate for fear of reprisals and <laughs> and, that, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, do you think that if your last name were what her, if your last name were her name and and it was actually pronounced Liskey. We have not verified this, by the way. <laughs> Do you think that if people were asking for the pronunciation, you would say you would say uh, Liskey like whiskey? I think so. Okay. Just like whiskey. Ha- right? I think so. I have a yeah. friend whose uh, surname is Cornog, C-O-R-N-O-G, and she says, uh, yeah, she says just like corn dog. Corn dog without the D. Cornog. Hmm. What do you say? Do you have any... Um, uh, devices that you present a lot more um, greater ease in pronunciation of your name? Hmm. I mean, a lot of people struggle with my name because it's unusual. Right. Uh, I d- but but it's pretty simple. S- two syllables: saw check. Saw check. Saw check. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you when you break it down that way, that people grasp it, and there, there's no longer any fear. Right. Uh, so it's, um, how many people do you think voted in the Bay Village mayoral election? Well, can you give me an, an estimate of? Um, and I will tell you the population. Yeah. It is, uh, it's just over 15,000. 15,000 in Bay Village? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can tell you how many voted then. Can I tell you what I'm estimating? Is 34% of people voted. So I think it was 5,100. Oh, that's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Kumar – Received uh, 3,491 votes. Wait, say 3491? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Karen L., <laughs> she received uh, 1,376. 1,376. It's 4867. Were there any uh, any blank ballots? or? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. These are just results, total yeah. votes. Okay. Yep. I think I was pretty close. I was within yeah. uh, three, 250. What do you think about that? Yeah, so that's kind of the golden uh, percentage, huh? 34? No, I don't know. I can tell you that's oh. how many voted in Bath, Maine yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, you have yeah. a more a, uh, engaged populace. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we also had a big – I don't know what you had for – did you have – do you have state or, – or do you have ballot inif- initiatives, referendums? Yeah, we had a few. We had a uh, – Few bond issues, a tax, a lot of, re- a lot of a tax bond renewal. Issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, transportation bond. You ever see one of those on the ballot? We didn't have a transportation one, but we had a prescription drug price issue, issue two. Mm. Uh, What'd that do? Yeah, uh, something about the uh, the cost of prescription drugs couldn't exceed the standard for veteran affairs. I, I don't know. I should know more about issue two, but I can't uh, say it was voted down quite quite heavily. Uh, we had an issue really? one for crime rights for uh, victim more rights for the victims of, of crimes. Mm-hmm. You want more, wait more crimes pro crime R- rights for crime victims. Oh, right, more for crime more victims. rights for for crime victims. Okay, so it wasn't pro crime. <laughs> it wasn't pro crime, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean it was a surprisingly robust ballot. There are lots of issues, lots of candidates. And it seems like only thirty percent of 
the community care to turn out to uh, <laughs> to, to have a say. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife didn't even get registered. So, What's this? What's that? Yeah, yeah I, we just moved here, which is, I guess, a. I suppose it's defensible since we've only been living here like six weeks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I, I urged her to vote. And apparently she she had not been registered, so that was disappointing. Can, can you not register at your <laughs> at your polling location? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. You can in Bath, Maine, and you could at least you could have when I was in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to the I voted the middle school gym, and uh, it was a very a, I got my I voted sticker. And uh, it, it was a, a rewarding experience. Yeah, I was part of the democratic democratic process. Yeah, you you fulfilled your yeah. civic obligation. Yes. You know, when um, there's a great program here in Bath, Maine, uh, called Vote and Vax, uh, Travis. Vote and Vax. You can vote, and then after you vote, you can go ahead and uh, over there, and there are some nurses, and they'll give you a flu vaccine. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. No. So that's good too, because you need that flu vaccine, buddy. I. I think I, I got it when when my son was a newborn. I did get the vaccine. I usually don't, though. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm I'm taking a risk, but I'm not even sure vac- the flu vaccine is very effective. But I suppose it improves your odds by about thirty four percent of not coming down with the flu. Just to just to pull a number out of the air. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, other pressing matters besides the besides the election that rocked Cleveland. Yes. Um, or Greater Cleveland, I should say. Um, uh, and that is uh, uh, some of the preparations that both you and I are conducting currently for um, the amateur draft, which is about to occur in uh, BBWAA um, uh, Hardball Dynasty League. Hardball, Dyna- Hardball Dynasty, facilitated by whatifsports.com. They, they, uh, they are not a sponsor in any capacity, although as I say it, I realize that – Probably should try to to um, extract some sort of money out of them because I know for a fact we've driven some uh, some new business their way. Yeah, there's been some yeah. clicks. Yes, there's some. You know, in this business, you got to pay for clicks. You know, yeah. we, uh, if, if people are giving you free clicks, there might be an advertising opportunity for you. Yeah, maybe I should reach out. I would not. I would not uh, feel any compunction. Uh, I would not feel any sort of moral ambiguity about. Uh, about endorsing that uh, full full throatedly. Yeah, uh, it would it would be yeah. a natural fit. Yeah, I think this it should be, this yeah, should be explored. One, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I would be able to do that more than I would be for like um, let's see, something like Halliburton. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> that I would have I would have misgivings. I would have misgivings. I actually do. I'll be honest. You know, um, uh, I have no expertise, I have no no great depth of knowledge regarding Halliburton, but I sense it's uh, whatever in whatever in whatever business they're involved. I, you know, probably not for me. Does that sound? I, right? I would I would be surprised to see Halliburton sponsor your program. I, I yeah. just I don't think there's a moral alignment. Uh, you don't think so, right? And it probably wouldn't make sense for them dollar for dollar, would it? I mean, your your ask would probably be outrageous. So uh, you're damn yeah, right it would yeah, be. It yeah, is outrageous. Yeah. So it's outrageous. But HBD, I could see that. We're it a could boutique. Be a ad- this is boutique advertising. Okay. 
but yeah, Har- Harbaugh Dynasty. I would, uh, I'd probably give them a break. So yeah, we we currently have. Uh, what is your is, What is your market penetration rate? <laughs> it's I don't know. It's dirty. It sounds dirty, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds a little dirty. It sounds a little dirty. Yeah. What if um, <clears throat> now of course, uh, so the, the amateur draft is uh, fast approaching in the BBWAA league at as uh, part of Harbaugh Dynasty. Um, and every owner has an opportunity. Well, of course, these are all fictional players, virtual players, and uh, they all receive a set of ratings. You know, so for example, for pitchers, it's control and effectiveness versus left-handed batters and right-handed batters, velocity and ground ball rate, etc. And it is up to the the owners, uh, or to, you know, the players in the game as us, to understand precisely how those various ratings correlate with uh, with performance, right? Some of us might do it, uh, uh, you know, by way of intuition. Some of us might perform uh, multilinear regressions. It's not for me to say how, <laughs> right. how one ought to go about it. Um, no. But what, you, what one can do uh, to rank players for the draft is to... Um, is to construct a f- what is called a formula, or, or you can use the formula builder tool, and that will allow you to put a put a, a weight on various uh, attributes. Yes, um, I, I imagine you have employed the formula builder. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To well, at least initially. Yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, I think that you were going to use the next couple of minutes here to to explain bi- exactly what your formula is. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, were you going to do that? See, we're more of an old school organization where we believe in having scouts on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you are, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, I have used a formula uh, ranker, and but what I found is really I'm um, like the top fifty players are the only guys who are typically going to be potential future major leaguers yeah. that, that I could acquire. So, and which is I think well, that's uh, that's consonant with uh, actual major league baseball, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's. There's occasionally a late round talent that pops up. Mm-hmm. Like you should check out the uh, who's it's one of the players on Albuquerque. He's like the Albert Pujols of this league. Who is he's like drafted in the thirteenth round and he's he's a superstar. Okay. Uh, I can't I think of his name. Well, that's not that's not anything to yeah. worry about. What, but, what, but what I was waiting for you to do was just go ahead and just tell me the the various weights you put on <laughs> on all the. Um, on all the measurements here. Well, well, let's. If I actually pull up my formula builder, I could do that. Yeah. Would you like me to do that? <clears throat> I mean, I want you to. I, 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 I'm afraid that you would do it because you are nice. But, <laughs> but I also I know that you also have an edge. So I, I think you would lie, is what you would do. <laughs> I think you would lie. <laughs> wow, that's that's. Oh, that's sad you would think that way. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I would also respect it, though. What do you? Let me ask but, you. But what I but what I value are uh, the splits. The verse left, verse right. Are, splits are very important for pitchers and batters. Control is very important for pitchers, and the first couple of pitches are too. Batting eye. I'm a big batting eye guy. Uh, I think there's all sorts of ancillary benefits from that too, like number of pitchers seen during the course of a season in a game, in addition to. Uh, on base percentage and how it affects uh, the, the the slash line. So those are and power I like. So those are kind of the the main yeah. uh, skills I'm valuing. 
Yeah. Okay. What are your What yeah. are your weights add up to? You know, because so for each attribute, um, there you can what somewhere between zero and ten. Is that right? You can. But see, this year I didn't even uh, do the. I didn't use a formula builder because I only have one pick in the top fifty, and there's only like twenty guys I really like, and so I just sort of went through and. Oh, you actually went through I, manually. I ranked. I, I should yeah, probably curate it yeah. mine more a little bit more closely. What I have done in the past is I will use a formula builder, and I'll put like verse right at nine out of ten, control at nine out of ten, mm-hmm. and then I will go through manually and adjust some things that I, uh, I still don't like. And that is sort of that we're always hearing about this uh, blend of analytics and the human touch. Well, that that's the version <laughs> of this game where you use a formula builder, and then you kind of go through and look at what the computer did, mm-hmm. and use your human intuition. Uh, an experience to say this doesn't quite look right. I'm going to make an adjustment here. I was so. I was looking at some numbers, uh, and uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a little quiz quiz f- f- uh, right now. Okay. Uh, of you, if you had to guess, uh, Travis Sachik. Hi. Hello. How do you spell that? <laughs> um, what would you guess is the average control rating among all pitchers on on 25 man rosters? The average control. Average uh, control rating. I would say like seventy four. No, it's uh, seventy nine. Oh wow, yeah. that's a little higher than I would have suspected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think generally, yeah, control is you know really valued as it should be. Yeah. Uh, guess what the average? You ready? Yes. Oh, guess what the average rating is for pitchers again, for pitchers again against left-handed batters. And remember, what did I say? 79 for control. That would yeah. give you a baseline. Uh, I'll say 68. You're entirely accurate. It's exactly 68. Oh, nice. Now, uh, not a trick question at all, uh, but what is the average rating against uh, for pitchers against right-handed batters? Uh, I'm going to say 70. No, 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 no. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say 67. 72. 60. Oh. So, yeah. for, uh, for, it's actually... Uh, so See, always trust your first instinct. 71.5, actually. So, yeah. so it's uh, it's about uh, three and a half higher than the left-handed batters. So. Yeah. Well, that verse right is really valued by by owners, as it should. Because I think there's like four times or three times the amount of right-handed batters uh, that you'll face, typically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on your split. Maybe it's more like four times the amount of right-handed batters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up a good which, point. You know, you can always be trusted to bring up a good point, Travis. Uh, which, which is why I don't uh, like it in real baseball. I think these ratio, these ratios are somewhat tied to the real game. Uh, give me all your right-handed pitchers. Why do I want if most batters are right-handed? Why is this? I understand that only one out of nine human beings are left-handed. Yeah. But uh, maybe right-handed pitchers are undervalued. I want those right-handed splits. Hey, is it possible that? Left-handed batters have more dramatic splits, though. What do you think about that? I'm, I mean, I'm sure that is... What do you think, uh, if, if that's accurate? Yeah. You think that's accurate, maybe? Left-handed batters have more dramatic splits. You think that's accurate, buddy? Hey, buddy, you listening? I, I, yes, I think it's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> there's probably some research out There's probably some literature out on this. Oh, man. I wonder, you know, you go to Fingerass.com, you can find all this stuff. 
So who is at the top of your rankings then? That's is what you're going to tell me right now. Oh, uh, what? How did you allot your budget? I went all. I went. I mean, as I, you know, I'm uh, went big. I went big. I went big. I went big amateur. Went big. Uh, right, but did you go college or high school or? I you, did both. Are you, uh, like what? How much money do you put I in? I spent as much. Spent as much as I could on both. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm all about. I know. Maxing I, out in one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to get the most accurate reports mm-hmm. and as many from that pool as possible. Yeah. So you put it all in high school, I bet. I did. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know about. I know about that. I know about that technique. Yeah. But you don't agree with it. I don't know if I do agree with it or don't. Um, I'm just looking for. I'm in a. I'm in a rebuilding phase right now. You know. You have a. You have an important selection to make. Seventh. You can get a future star at seven overall. Yeah. Who's going to be but I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's on top of my draft. No, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, because I'm not going to get the guy anyway. Are you going to tell me who's the top, or are you going to tell me the highest ranked player that you see? Okay, I will tell you the highest ranked. How about player we do that because that that's subjective rating. Yeah, uh, Jack Langford. Yeah, I see him too. Is, yeah, I have him as a, a 100 overall. <laughs> Wait, do you really? <laughs> I do. Oh, this uh, is an interesting. Uh, this is yeah. an interesting. So his overall rating you have is 100. Yes, I, I've never. I don't even know if I've ever seen that. Now, do you know what uh, I have, Matt? I have him as a ninety overall. Oh wow! So yeah, and also, he's a star. He's a star. Yeah, but that's ten different. Po- that's ten points. Yeah, but it shows you how how different the reports are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. And even if we both put in the same amount of dollars into, uh, he's a high school player. Mm-hmm. If we put the same amount of uh, resources into prep scouting, we would see different reports. Oh, that's crazy. Who is the second highest ranked player you see? Uh, Polly Cunningham. I see him too. He's next. Oh, yeah. He, uh, what do you think about that? Looks like our scouts have been sharing a lot of notes. <laughs> Can I tell you, do you want to do the third guy? Uh, I'll say I'll say the third guy that I see. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Josh Hill. Yeah, he's. I have him in my top five also. Oh, oh, okay. But so he's not number three for you. Uh, I have him fourth overall. In terms of uh, overall, that's how I have him ranked. Yes. Oh, so you might have a guy. So who's three for you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said too much already. Yeah. Just just this information, and then and then I will move on. Uh, Braylon Pettibone. Braylon Pettibone. I have him. Uh, mm-hmm. On my list as well. Yes, I have him with a seventy-eight overall. What do you have? A seventy-nine. Yeah, oh. he's out of Federal's. He was born in Federalsburg, Maryland. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I got no. I got. I have him at seventy-eight. Okay, so that's interesting. So, so then, do you have like uh, Josh Hill then at like something lower than seventy, whatever? No, I have him as a in the eighty-four. Oh, okay. But I, uh, yeah, there's just some things about the individual characteristics that I value more. Now, listen, I'll tell you, I see Josh Hill here. His range is 100, is what I have uh, <laughs> projected at. Yeah. And I have his glove at 61. That's what it's projected at. Okay. I got him at 86 and 61. Okay. If, if a player were 161, do you think you'd put him in center field? Or is the 61 too low for center field? He would make... Quite a few errors. Yeah. 
but but he would make plus plays. Uh, like I'd rather have a more balanced. Yeah, because you get the 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 errors are more damaging. Those are two bases. Uh, the errors are two bases. Yeah, but if it's like anything else, if his bat performs well enough, then he can make up for the, for the he can compensate for the negative defensive value. Yeah, be an overall you know, actually positive his batting numbers are not crazy for me. They're not crazy high. I don't know. They're they're fine, but they're. I'm a big batting eye guy, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're a big batting. But yeah, guy. but big but he's guy. yeah, he's probably not a super. Like this is probably a. It's an okay. It looks like an okay high school class. I don't know what the college class looks like. No, you don't. No. How would you know? You couldn't know because well, I mean. Yeah, I do, you do have a few college. Uh, what I fear is some owners trade information. They will put very little money in college or scouting, and then they will uh, <clears throat> collaborate. One might say collude with <laughs> an, another owner. <laughs> you know, that sort of fear is that's – it's sort of like, um, you know, the most paranoid people are the ones who are also perf- performing um, sort of cloak and dagger types of maneuvers. <laughs> you, you're clearly only worried about that because – that's that's something that you. It's not that something that you would necessarily do, but it's something you would think of. Is <laughs> what's clear. <laughs> that's what's clear. Yeah. But if you look at this, is a testament to my character. <laughs> if you go, if, <laughs> if you go what back, are you, what are you? What the thousand points of light? <laughs> if you go back and look at my draft history, yeah. I have never selected a college player uh, in the in the early yeah. rounds. Certainly never in the first round. Wow, your character no. is rock solid, bro. <laughs> that is a testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, if so, when I run for mayor of Bay mm-hmm. Village in a few years, uh, man of a character, something like that, with yeah. some maybe that would be in red script and Sachik would be in white black letters uh, with the blue background. That'll be in someone's yard. Man of character, it would say. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you think you're going to be running against Kumar in this particular case? <laughs> <laughs> that fat cat. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> How do you think that um, the, the the people of Bay Village would respond to the fact that you were born on the east side and now you reside on the west side? I have drawn a few reactions. Oh, is uh, it true? Yes, uh, I was down at Huntington Beach with Sam over the weekend. Sure, Sam. And there's another young boy, and I was talking to the boy's father, and he we're. Going over our, our personal histories that as uh, strangers ought to do. Yeah, sure. And uh, I said I was originally from the east side. And he said, oh, you crossed the river. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't sure. There's several rivers. I think he meant the Cuyahoga, which flows in downtown Cleveland. But there's also Rocky River. Uh, anyways, the point is, yes, I am something of a traitor. Yeah. A, a turncoat. Mm-hmm. That's what I've. I so maybe said, yeah. th- that would put into question my character. Uh, yeah, but I do respect the game. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Hey, well, listen, you fulfilled your obligation to Fangraphs uh, Fangraphs Audio here. <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure. The second to half. This went, obligation. The second half went so fast, didn't it? It flew by. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. When we're focused on you, Carson, the time <laughs> always seems to fly by. Yeah, well, I, I tend to be more interested. Hey, the, uh, and your interests. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is about me. The, this, uh, let's see, this post called the Dodgers framing surplus. Yes. And trade chip? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I? Uh, should Do you see the way I tease people into reading? <laughs> yeah, it's quite the tease. I can't. Uh, You're like, oh, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I'll click I, on I, it. I don't know. Yep. I, uh, I just got to drop everything right now. Uh, should, I, should, I, should I make an effort to get that up before the end of the day? Uh, yeah, if you if you'd like. Yeah. It, I would say it has a long shelf life. So, okay. All right. well, I, I have to tell I, you. I have to tell you right now what I'm going to do right now yeah. is I'm, I have to go um, remove my son from his crib because he's been crying for a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, and now, now, to, to be fair, I I um, I actually sort of calculated everything so that he would be he went down for his nap just before we started talking. He has typically taken naps between an hour and two hours, uh, but he's been taking uh, he's been taking shorter naps recently. Um, yeah, I hear you. So. So I, he was always going to have to to endure an hour of this. And so he's done it though, and so he deserves to be reminded that w- his his father has not deserted him. Yes, go get your son. Uh, I'm going to do that. But this was a this was a real pleasure as always, Travis Sachik, and um, and I, I really hope that that Bay Village survives the um, the biggest, most contentious election that no one's talking about. Yeah, well, we'll see if that fence is built along Avon Lake's border. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see. Yes, but it's been a pleasure, as always. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, all right. Well, uh, so I will say right now, I will say thank you, Travis Sachik. Thank you, Carson. Yes, that has been Travis Sachik, the, uh, the prolific Travis Sachik. Um, uh, I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. Mm-hmm.